the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week we start a new series looking at Jesus' prayer from John chapter 17. John chapter 17 After Jesus said this, he looked to heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, Glorify me in your presence, with the glory I had before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know everything you have given me has come from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they have accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost, except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, but they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so the world may believe you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent them and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me, and that I myself, may be in them. Amen. Well, this is um, the longest prayer, recorded prayer of Jesus, and of course, uh, most uh, Jesus was praying in in the private, and Jesus went from place to place. in between prayer meetings. 
We know that he was a, that was why he was so uh, concerned that the house of God was a house of prayer. Uh, that's why he taught his disciples, didn't teach him how to preach, didn't teach him how to do miracles. He, he taught him how to pray because that's the most important thing. And again, we so often forget that. Well, as, as a church, and we can go through to many churches where some churches don't even have a prayer meeting. Um, and if they do, they, you know, no one's there. And because uh, we forget, what is, that's the most amazing thing that we can actually commune with Almighty God. And uh, Jesus um, wanted this to be recorded. So uh, he was with the disciples. We can see that. And he's, he's obviously... Uh, talked them through lots of different things, 14, 15, 16, told them about the Holy Spirit, and told, and now he's praying, and we can see his heart. We can see where he is. And so we'll look at this next few weeks on a Thursday. And the first part, as, as it says there, he prayed for himself, just revealing who he was, what he'd done, and uh, we see, again, the heart of, of, of God and the, and the, uh, the uh, heart of the Lord. And, and the first thing we notice, he said, look, he was... He, he was Keep into the timetable of God. God has got a timetable. Now, we don't know that, um, uh, but he has got a timetable. Um, and you've got a timetable for your life as well. Um, uh, what did he say? Father, the time has come. The hour has come. And the first thing we notice is God is a God of order and uh, of, of time and calendar. And, and when he says something, and uh, if, if he prophesies something and he gives a date of something, you know it's going to happen. That's why we can look at the Old Testament and uh, see from the, from the edict, we've talked about before, the edict of the king to Jesus coming into Jerusalem. We can see that was specifically on the calendar of the Lord. So we knew what, where it would happen. So we can see those markers and times. Uh, let's just make sure, because Jesus would not be derailed by man by the world or the devil. You see, man wanted him to be king, didn't he? Oh, let's make him king. Um, but even the, uh, 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 the devil uses and influences, listen to this. Now, the, these are his brothers, Toby, the most, that's your family, isn't it? And sadly, even today, we sometimes put our family before the Lord and we listen to them. Well, listen to what Jesus did. Uh, John 7, 6 to 8. Therefore, Jesus told them, My time is not yet here, for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to this festival, because my time is not yet fully come. See, Jesus was on the timetable. Um, now he didn't know specifically because remember he was moved by the spirit by the, the Lord. We'll see in a moment. Everything he did was beaten by the Holy Spirit at the influence of the Father. But he knew his time wasn't ready yet. It wasn't ready because he number one he knew he had to die on Passover. He knew that because that's where he had. He knew he had to die in Jerusalem. He said, "Got to be in Jerusalem. It's got to be at Passover." Um, but he said, "Right, your time's right." But we see how the how, how the manipulation. Remember, ought to be king. Jesus is king. What a, what a world it would be. What a world it would be. No sin, no illness, no heartache, because he be in control. And, but as we said before, he cannot be king until he's saviour. That was not why he came first, did he? He, didn't, he came first to save, to die, to set free, not to reign. Now, when he comes back again, uh, then he'll reign. And, and, and the Bible says with a rod of iron as well. 
So our times, times, uh, let's read it again. These wonderful verses, how God's timing is always just right. Uh, Romans 5, 6 to 8. When we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one would die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love to our, toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In due time, at the right time, Jesus died to set us free. Uh, and again, similar verses, Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Four to five. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Again, in full time, when the full time had come, then he came. Then, see, it's it, time, and that's why the Bible says very clearly, isn't it? Now, uh, the psalmist, we talked about again that verse, my times are in your hands. Lord, I trust you. Lord, you my God. Therefore, my times are in your hands. Esther, you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. The most important, valuable commodity we have is time. Because it is running away from every one of us, isn't it? In this world, it's running away. Oh, I'm just thinking, you know, Lord, help me. Come on. Let's get, don't waste any time anymore. We do, and trivial things drag us here, drag us there. And... Um, I was thinking about uh, just people just you know getting dragged this way and, and and things that are not bad but waste time waste time take us from that which is most important because when we stand before the Lord then we will think why did I not why did I waste my time doing that why did I invest in that uh, so times are in his hands and of course Psalm 90 we know very well teach me to number my days aright I love the uh, 1 Chronicles 12, it says, The sons of Issachar understood the times and uh, with knowledge of what Israel should do. See, when we understand and when we begin to see with eternal eyes, which Jesus is trying to teach us because he, he comes on to that now in a moment, eternal eyes, then we change our priorities, don't we? We change all our perspectives. And uh, again, I was reading, which I was reading this morning about uh, giving and, and just plowing in into the kingdom and plowing into people's life, giving. And again, when we get into eternity, oh, that we wish we'd given more and, and invested more. Oh, that's what the Bible says. It is time to seek the Lord. And of course, put our lives in his hands because what we do is that we don't like God's timing, do we? No, no, we don't like his timing uh, because his timing is not my timing. We want it, generally we want something done yesterday. And that's too, too late for some of us, isn't it? I mentioned no names. It's got to be done yesterday. No, 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 no. As I said many times before, they never ask you how long you took, the, took to do the job, do they? They just say, is the job good or bad? My brother told me that. I thought it was a good one. It's a bit of wise words. Not many from his lips, or Andrew, but that's a, one way. Don't ask you how quickly you've done the job. Just is it a good or a bad job, isn't it? And uh, God's timing is absolutely perfect. So the Lord knew God's timing. And he was working according to his timetable, not according to the world, not according to his family, not according to anything else, um, even though to him to be king would, is wonderful. That's not why he came. He would not be derailed. He would not be derailed. And of course, ultimately, he was here to fulfill his mission. We'll read about that in a moment. But to bring glory to God. 
to please the Father, to please the Father. Um, uh, this is towards the end. We know at the beginning of his ministry, right at the beginning at the baptism, the body is, this is my son, I'm well pleased. Well, let's go towards the end of his ministry and see what God's verdict was over him then. Matthew 17, verse 5. While he was speaking, the bright cloud uh, covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Bless the Lord. You know, I, he can say that over that he loves us. We're his sons and he loves us. But I don't know if, if we're well pleasing all the time, are we? Oh, Lord, help us. But he wants to be able to say that, doesn't he? Well pleasing at all times. Oh, and then our words, because what he said, listen to him. See, when we are well pleasing to him, our words, our very life uh, emanates. But that's what he was, he was here to do, to glorify the Father. Um, John 12, 27, 32. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honour. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came, then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it, and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said, that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, and I... If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Bless the Lord. The glorifying of the Father and glorifying the Son was all wrapped up in the mission of salvation. The obedience that he brought with salvation. In just the previous or the next chapter, the Bible says Judas leaves. And Jesus says, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him immediately. See, it was all tied up in the obedience of the Son glorifying the Father. And as he is our example, as we got the prayer further on in a couple of weeks, our great chiefest aim is what? Chief aim of man is to glorify God. Glorify. He created us not just to be in fellowship, in relationship with him, but we would glorify him. Bless the Lord. We would bring him honor. And uh, he would get the glory because he could take uh, lost souls like me and you and change us and make us like uh, the Son. What a great, great gospel. But it all revolved, started with Jesus saying, Lord, I've just come to glorify you. Now glorify me. Let's press right through into uh, to fulfilling, fulfilling this. See, Jesus, the Bible says on his earthly ministry, was not looking for glory from men, was he? Uh, and that's, that's um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it, really appealing. It's, uh, um, I was reading uh, just a quote from 
Robbie Williams, he said, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's intoxicating fame, but it's isolating as well. It's intoxicating. And of course, Jesus, remember, they wanted, they were, oh, Jesus, and they were throbbing and thronging around him and say, oh, you're fantastic, you're wonderful. But the Bible says he would not listen to their uh, praise because he knew what was in a man. Because <laughs> he knew a week later, they were going to say, crucify him. He was not looking for glory for a man in this earthly ministry. Why? Because he knew it would derail his mission. His mission was ultimately to die and set us free. Um, and to be obedient to the Father. Um, John 4, 32-34. Uh, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? I food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. See, the whole of Jesus was to be obedient to the Father. He said, I, I do nothing, I say nothing, I go nowhere unless the Father tells me. And that's a great challenge for us, isn't it? Because we must be honest, we, there's lots of things we do in our life, we do not consult the Lord. Um, and even small things, we say, oh, well, the Lord's not really interested in that. Be careful, be careful. Remember what the Bible says, catch the little foxes. In, in those little things, enthrone him. So then, in those greater things, we'll have no problems hearing what he has to say. Um, his food was to do the will of the Father. That's quite a strong statement, isn't it? It's very, it's very that's all he wanted to do, is to do the will of the Father. Um, John 8, 28 to 30. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what he pleases. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. You see, never for, you know, we, we have this, again, this lie of the devil um, about we are individuals and uh, we can do as we want, even in our Christian walk. That is such a lie, isn't it? Because we know, the Bible says, because we are a body, everything you do, everything I do, has a knock-on effect. We are not an island. We're not an island, are we? What I do affects others. And of course, we see Jesus. Jesus' obedience stirred up faith, didn't he say? As he was saying these things, people believed in him. Let me just tell you, that those things you do in obedience to the Lord, it will spark faith in others. Isn't it? Amazing. That prayer, that word, that, that message you're going to give and, and something you're going to say or uh, you're going to pray over somebody, that obedience to the Spirit of God that he's leading you inspires faith in others. Oh, bless us. Help us, Lord, to move. With it. And what do you say? Everything I do pleases the Father. Oh, Lord, help us to have that thinking. His heart was uh, to go by God's timetable, but ultimately to glorify the Father. And... Um, he says there, didn't he, in verse 5, um, um, verse 4, I should say, I completed the work you gave me to do. Isn't that amazing? Um, his heart was already there. The Bible, now he hadn't gone through crucifixion yet, is he? But we just read a few verses, a, a chapters back in Luke 9, the Bible says he set his face as flint. 
He'd already made his mind up. Now there was a bit of wavering, wasn't it, in the garden? Lord, not my will, but your will be done. As he got right at the, at, at the, the precipice of death, he was, he was still fighting in a sense, but oh, his heart was already made. That's why he says, make your mind up before you come to the decision, because that now makes it a lot easier. I completed the work you, you gave me to do. Same word he uses, uh, one or probably the last words he used, uh, second, second but last, words he uses on the cross, John 19, 30. When Jesus therefore has received the vinegar, when he received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is finished. It is complete. I have finished the work, he said, in this, in this prayer. He was saying to the, the disciples, I have finished the work praying and now on the cross it was complete it was complete he finished the work he glorified the father and um i isn't it amazing some we see the kings of judah and and some others as well and we've seen over over time haven't we how people start well but i remember preaching a sermon finishing well finishing well finishing stronger than you started um and Jesus completed the work. All those kings of Judah, the Bible says, in their latter days, and not all of them, some of them, uh, in their latter days, they became proud because of all the achievements they'd done, or that God had done through them. But of course, what we tend to do is that we think we've done it. <laughs> and that's, that's where we always keep our eyes on the Lord because we can do nothing. It is nothing to do with you. If, if, you know, if all your families get saved, bless the Lord, we want all our families to be saved. It's the Lord has done that, isn't it? Now he's used me and you, of course he has. But unless he saves, it doesn't matter what we do, uh, to a certain extent. Um, so it's the Lord uh, to complete his lovely work. And then he goes and, and gives us some great insight now. Um, God has granted him. He is the son, but now he's, again, he's subservient in his, in his ministry to the Father. But God has given him uh, the power to give eternal life to those you have given me. And then, because ultimately he's an eternal thing, isn't it? Again, the devil wants to keep our minds in time. Oh, Dave, what about this? And, I'm, and then I'm looking at my age and thinking, that's a lie, devil, because I'm quickly going through time and I make sure about eternity, eternity, eternity. And we're just talking about that funeral and, and uh, they don't want anything about the Lord. Of course they don't want anything about the Lord because then they've got to be accountable to him. Let's, let's talk nothing about the Lord. Let's make it humorous. Let's, uh, let's not try and think about death. That's what happens, isn't it? We divert our attention from death and where we're going to go. And if there's anything after death, because, you know, when we begin to think about it, if there's something after death, I'm in trouble because I'm not prepared for it. But Jesus' heart, get ready for eternity. He was all about get your eyes on the Lord, get your eyes on eternity, because he said, I've given them eternal life. And then he defines what eternal life is. Bless the Lord, that you may know you. And... Then he, he distinguishes God the Father from any other God. Very interesting. Don't you see this very often, if at all? The only true God. Now there are many gods. And uh, sometimes we make God who's not a God in our own imagination. But there's only one true God and his son, Jesus Christ. Um, again, the, the, the Trinity, he's, he's making himself equal with the Father there again. So we understand. But to know him, to know him, that is eternal life, he said. 
you want eternal life? This is key. John 10. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, we've showed you that, but I remember showing that, um, if you could, YouTube, where, of course, uh, in our country, we drive sheep, don't we? Get our sheep dogs and off they go. But in the East, the shepherd's in front, and they follow the shepherd. And I showed that picture about a guy, I don't know what city it was, in Beirut or whatever. He's taking, taking his sheep across the main road, like his dual carriageway. And he's in front, and all these sheep are following him. Amazing. Why? Because they know the shepherd. And again, I showed you that other clip where um, uh, all, all the, he had all these, I don't know, they look like students calling the sheep, whistling to the sheep. Sheep didn't, they didn't even budge. The shepherd whistled, called. You want to see him? Their ears pricked up, and they all came. Because they knew the shepherd. And that's, you see, he gives us an insight that uh, to know him is, is real, is true, and it's as, it's as consistent and as powerful as that, as the sheep knowing the shepherd, as a son knowing the father. And that is really the essence of um, us. Our essence is to know him. We were created to know him, uh, by him, for him, and to know him. Um, Philippians 3. Philippians 3, 10 to, 10 to 11. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. See, Paul understood that. Remember Paul, uh, at a, at a, just before that, he, he talks about what he could have been or what he was already in, in, in the Jewish circles, way ahead of everyone else. He could have been, you know, he would have been, he wasn't the Sanhedrin, he would have been the top dog, if you like. Um, but he said that meant nothing. Rubbish. It's nothing. But to know him. And his heart's cry, desire was to know the Lord. Why? Because he knew it was what he was created for, but he knew it was eternity. It knew it was eternal. This intimate uh, relationship with the Lord, with God, is for eternity. Um, and in fact... To know him and not to know him will determine eternity. That's why he said to know him is eternal life. Because to know him will determine our, our eternity. Let's read these verses. Unbelievable verses. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 6-10. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. And give relief to you who are troubled. And to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in a blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destructions and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marvelled among all those who have believed this includes you because you believe our testimony to you see it's very clear isn't it very strong that our judgment is Matthew 7 says isn't he some many will come and say Lord Lord did we not do this do we not Lord Lord there's enthusiasm there's there's things we've done he said I did not know you see the judgment is all about knowing him that's why he says this is eternal life. 
that you may know me. You may, be, you may see me, you understand me, you perceive me. And there's a progression, isn't it? That's why Paul could say, I get caught up with this. Now, I'm in this relationship with the Lord, I want to know him more. And why would we not? Unless we believe the jolly lie of the enemy. But to know the Lord is wonderful, wonderful to know him and to be caught up with him and to get our eyes off time into eternity. That's what, we, when we know him, that's what happens. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yeah, amen. It's very interesting what Marion read as well. Because when we are living with uh, defining time by eternity, we don't, again, as she said, we read, we don't judge someone according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. Remember, there are people that really, we, we ain't got a job to like, let's be honest. But remember, they're, they're, they're eternal soul. And that changes our perspective of somebody, doesn't it? They need saving. Every man, woman, boy, and girl needs saving. Whether they are obnoxious, whether they're the worst in the world, God wants us to see them with their salvation is needed. Salvation. And of course, then he says, now our, our glory, our waiting glory is, is difficult sometimes. And, but he, he puts it in perspective, doesn't he? If you have some troubles, he said, they are momentary. Now, at the time, they don't seem momentary. But again, he's telling us, now look up. Eternity, time, eternity, time. In eternity, our 70, 80, 90 years will be as nothing. Will be as nothing. That's why he says, get your eyes on eternity and live with that perspective. Changes our priorities and brings peace. Brings peace in, 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 in troubled times. It brings peace uh, in the temporal times. Why? Because we know it's, for, it's working for us a far weight of glory in eternity so god jesus is is bringing our hearts to time times are in his hands uh bless the lord although careful now isn't it our times are in his hands but that doesn't mean you can live as you like and uh you know miss wreck your body well you know you'll go a bit earlier than you should be or again breaking of bread is a very crucial time isn't it he said some are gone before their time because they didn't break bread properly. But our times are in his hands. Our, our heart and our life is to know the Lord, to be, be obedient to him, to follow him, to bring him glory. Or that the Lord could say over us, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased of him. You can listen to him. You'll find the words of eternal life on his lips or her lips. Bless the Lord. That's, that was Jesus. And remember, he's our example. We cannot make the excuse, he's Jesus and I'm just ordinary Dave. That is not an excuse, is it? Because Jesus says, follow me. And if, if it wasn't possible, then he wouldn't have said it. He would have said, do your best. I give you the Holy Spirit. Well, you'll be all right. No, no, no. He said, follow me. Greater things than me shall you do. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is coming. 
So there's our there's our our aim. What does he say? Be perfect, be complete, even as your heavenly Father is complete and perfect. Oh, that cha- changes the the challenge. But ultimately, it comes down to who Jesus was, what he's done, and what he's again put at our disposal. Bless the Lord. Let's read uh, again this amazing. Um, bit of scripture where, which really reveals just what he did, uh, why he came, and uh, why we are following him. Uh, Philippians 2, uh, 5-11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. See, Jesus' ministry was tied up in God's glory. In God's word, of course, if he had failed, the glory of God would have, you know, some say impossible, but we can understand. He was, the Son was revealing the Father, bringing glory to him through his ministry and his mission. Remember, Jesus changed his position. Yeah, he condescended, but he didn't change his person. See, when people say, oh, well, is he? No, 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 no. He changed his position. He came down to where we were, identified us, became a, a man. Now, he, he set aside his glory. Why? Because if he came in his glory, uh, they, they just had a little glimpse of it on the Mount Transfiguration. They had a little glimpse of the glory. And uh, what did they, the Bible say? They were frightened. <laughs> the, you know, because the glory of the Lord uh, is his nature, is his character. Moses said, Lord, let me see your glory. He said, wait a minute, Moses. He said, you can only see that as I go by. To see me as I am, fully as I am, you will be consumed. And uh, without the righteousness of Jesus, we would be consumed. But thankfully tonight, uh, the Lord's Prayer, this great high priestly prayer, they call it, reveals straight away the Father's heart, Jesus' heart, to do the Father's will. And uh, that's why he says, says to us, follow me, follow me. Father's will, Father's ways, will and word. Hallelujah. Amen. And our time's hour has come. Help us to be living in that moment day by day to bring the word of the Lord to those around us. Help us, Lord, we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.com. Thank you.